Hello and welcome. I'm your hostess, Tanai, and I'm an intuitive coach. I help people feel fully self-expressed in their lives and relationships by learning to accept and love every part of themselves. For the past 10 years, I've worked with all kinds of sex and relationship experts to heal my own commitment phobia, to find out that there's actually no such thing. I'm ready to share everything that I've learned. So this podcast is my opportunity to debunk commitment phobia. So drop all your preconceived notions and tune in to hear what I've learned along my journey about what it takes for people to really create authentic and intimate connections. This is Commitment Phobe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Commitment Phobe. I'm so excited to have my first male guest, Cesar Rodriguez. We met at Landmark, which is a personal and professional growth training and development program. And I'm sure some of you listeners are familiar with it. Um, I was a coach in one of the programs at Landmark and Caesar was one of the head coaches. He, he, he was following the, the lead coach of the program. And together, we've really been following each other's journeys with relationship. It's almost like every time we, we get together and we have conversations, that's what we talk about. And a lot of these key moments of triggers that would come up for me in relationship, the breakthroughs um, I had were because of Caesar. It was like hopping on a call with him and saying, I'm getting triggered. I'm getting confronted. And Caesar just had a really good way of, of getting me back to my heart and, and seeing what's at the root of it. I think that's what you're really good at. You're really good at like <laughs> yanking off the plant and seeing what's at the root of it. So yeah, so that's what I'm really excited for. You know, we're just going to, have a conversation like we always do because that's what we do. We hop on the call and we we just yep. explore each other and see what's there for each other and have these breakthroughs that end up having ripple effects in our lives. So yeah, yeah so Caesar, please introduce yourself and tell my listeners all about you. Sure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so my name is Caesar, and let's see. Uh, I think so sometimes it's kind of little bit lame to say what you do for a living to introduce yourself, but I'll include that anyway, right? So I've been redefining how I how I say that actually. So I run mm, a me too. Yeah. Uh, for a living, I run a marketing agency. I'm an entrepreneur. I've had my marketing agency for eight years now. And I'm focusing and working with mission-driven dentists, dentists that want to make a difference. And I help them get more patients from the internet while at the same time Donating to Operation Smile. It's a nonprofit organization that helps kids with cleft lip and cleft palate with reconstructive surgeries so they can properly feed and all that when they're very young. So that is what I do for a living. And besides that, I'm a, I'm a blogger and a podcaster myself. I have the Love Is Our Nature blog. Yes, check it out. Podcast. It's so good. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's my passion lately. It's something that came to me from my first uh, plant medicine ceremony. And there I share with people about my own healing journey, what I'm discovering in this whole world of healing, which is something I'm very new at. Mm. Uh, and, and yeah, totally a personal development buff. You know, you know that about me, right? Yeah. I think that's one thing we share in common. Uh, and I'm from Honduras. I came. I went from Honduras to Miami when I was 11. I moved with my family, my two younger sisters, my two older brothers, and my parents. And now I'm in Costa Rica for about a month and a half now, just seeing where the, the current mm. takes me. <laughs> yes. 
I forgot to mention that, that we both like randomly and serendipitously decided to come to Costa Rica at the same time mm -hmm. by yeah. ourselves. And we're at opposite ends of, of the peninsula Yeah, that we're on <laughs> and we haven't seen each other yet, but we're following our journey. So yeah, it's exactly. been, it's been really nice to, to share these parallel journeys. So a few things that I, that I want to cover and that I just want to mention to set an intention, which is the impact on plant medicine and how, you know, it's, it's helped you reconnect your heart and the impact that, that it's had on your, on your relationships. And also, you know, we always go back to your story of childhood, you know, the things that happened to you as a, as a little boy and, and how it affected you in your adult relationships. And it's something we don't hear from men a lot. So I'm really excited for you to, to share your story on, on this platform because it's, it's just yeah. the time for men to, to get in touch with that and for it to be okay. You know, there's this taboo around men talking about their feelings and their childhood. And, and it's, I, I want to be part of, of destigmatizing that. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. I love that. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll just start <laughs> with, with a straight question. Yeah. When you think about commitment phobia, in your own life, what comes up? Well, first that I've been one most of my life, pretty much my whole life. And that's something I probably wouldn't have been able to tell you maybe even uh, a year ago, you know. Um, but looking back, I, I see that, I, that, that I've been one. You know, my personal development journey has taken me to discover quite a lot introspectively and and one of the things that i that has that became very clear for me is that there's that sense of validation or sense of worth that i didn't get as a child from my mother that then i went on to seek out in other women and obviously that was an unwinnable game for for, for women right so the way that looked is that standard would be so high Right in the first moment that I had an opportunity to nitpick something, I would say, "Oh, you see, this is why it doesn't work." Right when things didn't seem like a fairy tale, or the moment the woman happened to act like a regular human being, <laughs> you know, mm. and I would I would decide that, "Oh, you see, like she doesn't love me the way that uh, I thought she did," or this and that, and and I would run away from the from mm. the relationship. Right, so. So yeah, that's what comes up for me when you ask about commitment focus that I've, I've totally had that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's so beautiful that, that you mentioned just so many things, especially just as this idea of, of the, you know, feeling of unworthiness coming from childhood. And so that's really what's mm -hmm. there because, you know, like my, one, my intention for this podcast is to tell people there's no such thing as commitment phobia. It's really all these things happening beneath the surface that we have no idea about, such as right. fear of being, you know, fear of being disappointed, let down, fear of this perfection not coming true. And so what even is that, right? Like what, why do we seek that perfection? So, mm -hmm. so maybe start there. Like why, why do we seek that perfection from partners? Yeah, it's, it, I would say it's because of what, we see missing in ourselves, right? Um, I've seen how I've been so hard on myself most of my life. And, and then that same standard 
I apply it out there to the people showing up in, in my life. And, and I think we have a hard time seeing those things that we haven't learned to accept it about ourselves, to, to mm -hmm. accept about ourselves. We have a hard time seeing it in other people, especially the ones that we decide to closely relate to. And, and therefore that's where I think that standard of perfection starts to, starts to come. We're like, Oh, they shouldn't be that way. They should be this way. They should be this way. Cause mm -hmm. really it's us ourselves that we think that we should be that way. And we should be that way. Right. So, and basically like everyone's just reflecting back those things that we don't approve of in ourselves. So how can we possibly, how can we possibly have space for other people's quote unquote flaws? If that's not something that we're willing to love in ourselves. Yeah. And, and to just add a little piece to that, I think, you know, I can speak mostly from my own experience, right? When, when we're not treated in that perfect way that we want to be treated, it brings up all our stuff. Right. <laughs> so so it's not so much that like we want someone who's perfect. It's more that those imperfect ways in which people inevitably at one point or another treat us, they bring up all our stuff from the past, mm. call it trauma, call it, you know, history or childhood memories or whatever it might be. And it's, that's not fun uh, to look at. It, it's, it's not. So then people are like, oh, I can't, I can't deal with this. Right. Yeah. That's, that, that is the moment when, when it becomes uncomfortable. And, and that this is something that I talked about on my episode with my first coach ever, Amy Batuski, how if something is hysterical, it's historical. So the moment that something just becomes overwhelming and we become reactive and we'll become angry, it's from the past. It's historical. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, who wants to look at that? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so in your case, um, I just love when you talk about this. What, what, what is it? What is it root back to? And I know there's several stories for you. So, yeah. So just start with with the first one that pops in your head of, <laughs> of like that moment in childhood where you decided something and it it, mm -hmm. it reflected for the rest of your life. Of course. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, you know, thanks to the the work I did at Landmark, uh, you know, the work I did at Landmark was so valuable and such a huge part of my personal growth journey and and that's where i discovered one of those moments that go on to that go on to shape like a, most of our lives you know they they call them the originating incidents right there's a part in landmark called the genesis of identity right so so for me i was four years old <laughs> and, <laughs> in pre-k right and there's this there's uh this chubby girl with pigtails named Gabby that I had the warm and fuzzies for. And one day I cut out a little paper heart, right? I pulled the paper in half, got my plastic scissors, cut out a little paper heart, and I just give it to her. Not thinking much of any of it, right? It was just there for me to do it as a four-year-old. And she accepts it. And then a moment later, she comes back upset after talking to her friend, starts blaming me for something that her friend told her that I did, which I have no idea what the heck she was talking about. And she, all I remember, she goes, oh, and this heart, garbage. And she crumbles it up, throws it on the ground, and stomps away. And I don't even remember what happened after that. But as, <laughs> I've, as I've gone back and looked at, at the experience, all, all I can say is that in that moment, I made a decision, something like, it's, it's a bad idea to share my feelings 
because it's dangerous and it hurts. Mm, right. you know, sharing my feelings got me in trouble in that moment, right? It was it was painful. Same so good, yeah, yeah. So and on top of that, I I took on being being cautious, right? Being strategic and getting people to like me, and that became my my personality, right? People know me as like a, a very likable person easy to get along with. Like I made sure it went that way. Right. Cause right. To avoid this, to avoid re-experiencing that trauma. Yes. Yes. And obviously I can say this now, but all this was subconscious, right? Like all this was a blind spot, right? It's not like I, I could, I said, Oh, and that, at that moment, no, this is what I'm going to do with my life. No, it's just one of those things that it went that way. There was no choice in the matter. So um, that was the moment. I don't know if you want me to share about how like that has gone on to to shape many relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. Well, there's there, there's definitely more, I think, more impact free, free landmark. Uh, I did landmark for him about six years ago. And I'm, I'm 32 now. So that was 26, right? So up until 26, the way the way it looked is first of all, I unless I had concrete evidence that the girl was into me, I would not approach her with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> mm. And I just want to add that it's, it's like even a recent discovery for me that men are so afraid of rejection. Like I, I had no yeah. idea that men actually like needed all of this um, reassurance to make a move. I thought, Oh, men make moves all the time. Like they don't care. Right. So that's been a very interesting inquiry for me. Cause yeah, I see the guys at the bar and I've gone on, gone out with a bunch of dudes, right. And like, there's, and I have friends that like, well, just go up to anybody and ask them out uh, or, or introduce themselves or make a move. And, and I think a, a lot of that is, is almost like kind of there. I think there's probably categories, right? Like for some, it's like kind of a game or like a joke. Like they, they've learned to just have it be a joke. Like, oh, and it's just a numbers game. You know, just, you just go up to yeah, anybody, right? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And, and, and it's kind of like that. And I think there's other other guys that, yeah, they, they're more confident in themselves and, and they didn't have the same childhood things, perhaps. But yeah, it's, that's, I, that, that I would say is the minority, right? I've even noticed yeah. it with myself where like mm. going up to a girl at a bar, I, it still happens where if, I'm, if I find a really intriguing and I'm really attracted to her, then that's what has there be that what that all of a sudden there's like, um, I'm like invested in how it goes, right? So there's something at stake there. If there's nothing at stake, if it's just any random girl, whatever, I'm not really attracted, sure. That's also the category where you easily just approach them and you're just kind of talking to, to a stranger. But, but yeah, if I find the girl uh, very attractive, you know, and that's right there for me, for me, that still comes up like, like it's the hardest thing in the world to do. Like, I'd rather give a talk in front of a thousand people about marketing, <laughs> you know, and how to grow your business. Yeah, it's interesting how some people like one-on-one intimacy is more scary than group, which which I agree. Yeah, yeah I, I'm that category of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so thanks to Landmark, I've been able to to create like a whole new. First, just acknowledging, acknowledging what's there. Like, oh, look, there's that that upset four year old in me that doesn't want to be rejected, you know. And 
and is afraid that mm-hmm. like life is going to end if I don't get her approval, you know. <laughs> and, and, and for the most part, that has allowed me to to interrupt that. But I can't say it's been hundred percent of the time, you know. And like even recently, I there was a girl I just didn't go up yeah. to. Yeah, it's all an ongoing yeah. process. So mm-hmm. so yeah, that was that. And as far as how that went on to shape some more relationships, um. Yeah, pre-landmark, first of all, I wouldn't approach girls without evidence that they like me first. So I would end up in relationships right. with the ones that did seem to um, display some interest or, or somehow I knew that they liked me. And even in the relationships, and I, and I was very lucky, I had really amazing relationships that, that I'm, 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 I'm someone who's like grateful for all the relationships I, I had. And many of them, many of those women I still have friendships with now to this day. But um, as far as the romantic relationship, I totally mishandled it, right? Like the moment it was not, she doesn't love me like she claims to, or or as, or she doesn't treat me like how I think I should be treated, and, and I would leave. Or, mm. uh, well, that would be, that would be, for the most part, how, how that went. I mean, there was one that was in right. for three years that I broke up with her like five times, you know, like wow. poor girl. I'm like still trying. And to- so, and so just, just to like bring it back, like what, what was the cost of, what was the cost of, of turning away in those moments when you said, ah, this isn't a fairy tale anymore. There's conflict. That means this, this is a dangerous situation. Like what was the cost of that? Well, the cost was, I could never, really experienced having a partner, you know, it, it, I was never, I was never someone's partner. I was, it was always just me trying to get something from that person, that validation, you know? Mm, so yes. I think that was the, the main cost is ah. I, I never really had a, a partner. It wasn't until like in mm. my most recent relationship that I was like, wow, like this is what having a partner is like, shit is work (laughs) (laughs) right yeah because it is looking at where where am i just trying to get validation here um and where am i blaming them when it's really that they're just showing me things that i don't approve yeah nobody's gonna treat you perfect nobody's gonna treat you like a princess (laughs) or like prince charming or like the king of england like no, people are going to get upset. They're going to have off days, right. you know, and, and they're going to say what they say and do what they do. That's just being human, you know? And I, mm-hmm. and, and somebody asked me actually, when I interviewed to be an uh, um, apprentice program leader at Landmark, um, there's like this interview that takes place. Right. And, and they asked me an interesting question towards the end. And I was just being totally open, totally authentic at that whole interview. They were like, so so how come you're not in a relationship? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, when it comes to relationships, romantic relationships, I can see that I've been someone who's had very little space for the other person's humanity. That was probably like the most authentic thing I ever told anybody. Cause I was just looking back and I'm like, yeah, I, I did not have space or I was not, or the willingness to provide the space for somebody to to just be their human self, mm. you know, their flawed human self as we all are. Yeah. 
And at that moment, were you connected to what the threat was? Like, what were, what were you scared would happen if you did have space for someone's humanity? Yeah. So the in the relationships, the threat, yeah, it's like an existential threat. It's never really about the relationship. We think it, we're interacting with the relationship, but really we're interacting with our existential threat. For me, that existential threat, looking back now, I can see it. it's like it's facing my sense of worthlessness. And it's and it's, it's wow something that can't even look at you know like and so the mind starts creating all these things like oh I deserve better or I deserve this or or the grass is greener on the other side that's one thing that happens to me big time right like mm. like I start telling oh you see if I was with this other person they would have treated me this way <laughs> right so it's all these ways that that you convince yourself to to get out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I so resonate with that. That is that was me, one hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And in my last relationship, I I even um, started sharing those things, which was actually productive and very difficult, right? But I would share mm-hmm. where, where I would be like, you know, my my mind keeps going to that this wouldn't happen with this other person, and obviously it wasn't a very pleasant thing for her to hear, right? Mm-hmm. And but you named it, which is bigger than a lot of you know it's it's an extra step that most people aren't taking yeah which is just naming what's there for you mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that's probably one of the main reasons why couples break up is because they were not able to say the thing that they think they just can't say to their partner i'm like oh there's no way mm-hmm. i can tell him that there's no way i can tell yes him that. you know yeah um what what did you feel like it would what part of your identity do you feel like it would threaten if you if you did say those things? It goes it all goes back to 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 the same thing. Like, uh, wow, if I say that, like she's gonna be so done with me. She's mm. gonna totally like just throw me away. <laughs> and in that relationship, I actually dealt with that early, early on, like maybe two months in, where I called somebody, um, another girl. That I had some past with like late at night and which and in fact it was it was during medicine ceremony I had some download and toward towards the end of the ceremony I went to share that with her and when I and when I told my girlfriend at the time that I that I did that she was like wow you called her and you didn't call me and I was like well I texted you what I texted her it was really late and so I was just wondering if you were awake, you know, and, and I had something to tell her specifically about a conversation that we had had. So she responded to the text. So I figured we, we could talk. And, and at this moment, I'm seeing, right, like the, like the ice breaking and cracking underneath my feet. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, so, and I'm just trying to use logic, right? Like, it's no big deal, you know? So I just called her to to say that to her there's was, was nothing else about it like it wasn't like a trying to hide something i was what would i mm-hmm. be telling you any of this but that day she was like you know what just grab your things and go like this is this is not like i can't do this and that right there was just like boom right like that crushed me and and we dealt eventually after like half a day we made a made amends and decided to to try to work things out, but we dealt with the, 
repercussions of that moment for like the remainder of our, of our relationship. Mm. Yeah. I don't think we yeah. ever truly were able to let it Covered. go, which is probably why right. we ended up going our separate ways. And there's more reasons why we did, but that's probably one of them. Yeah. Yeah. What, what you're saying totally resonates. And, you know, before this, before we hopped on, on the recording, you, you were asking me to, you know, talk about the relationship that I'm in right now, or mm-hmm. it's not really a relationship. I'm just seeing someone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the way that it happened was that the first week that we were hooking up, it was really intense, like really fairy tale, yes. right? Like, wow. Like I was, I was drinking the Kool-Aid mm. and then, and then we go out to dinner one night and have this conversation that changes everything for me. Like, I don't know, like in a blink of an eye, I just saw how we thought of things very differently. And to me, that suddenly was a threat because in that moment, my mind just went to, he thinks this way, which means he's going to judge me. He thinks differently about these things. So he's definitely going to judge me. And I couldn't even help it. Like it, it's, it happens so strongly to me yeah. that even, that even my body was turned off. Mm-hmm. So that's how strong it is for me sometimes. Yeah. So at that point, there was just something that I needed to say, which is we had a conversation and I was feeling one way before it and I was and now I'm feeling another way after it. Mm-hmm. And with and this I did talk about in my second episode um, mm-hmm. of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so. So, yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to name what's there. Mm-hmm. And what would stop me beforehand is um, is needing to know where it will go. Mm-hmm. It's like. OK, I, I, I know that this is going to end things, so I need to have this like perfectly set in a way that will justify why things need to end. Oh, wow. I don't want to sound crazy. Yeah. And so what's helped now, what what helps me now to not run away from these things is to just say, there's something here and I need to name it. You know, there's an elephant in the room. Yes. And so we sat down and I'm like, here's, here's what's there for me. I, I, you know, I was attracted to you and I, and I really saw things going somewhere and now I don't. And and that's just it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and what I thought was beautiful in that moment is that, in these conversations, we experience the most intimacy with someone because there's nothing at stake yeah. anymore. Like the intention of these conversations is just to lay it all out there. Beautiful. And it really, yeah, it worked to our benefit because, because yeah, after that night, we're like, okay, cool. This is where we're leaving things. I wrote him a beautiful letter. Um, and then, and then we went our separate ways for a week. And in that week, he was still talking to me mm-hmm. and he was still it, Valentine's Day happened. He was like, will you be my Valentine? He's being so sweet, so romantic. I didn't understand. I'm like, does this guy <laughs> like does this guy not have an ego? Like, right. you know, but I'm just like, all right. Um, so then we we got back to the same city and uh, and we go out to dinner with a friend because a friend was visiting me. I really wanted her to meet him. Mm-hmm. We're just friends. And and suddenly the turn on's back. Oh. Suddenly suddenly like the defenses were down we already went through that conversation where i was feeling you know like i needed to protect myself from something and he was still there he he was still showing up he was still being sweet and himself and interested and so i i just had a desire to be hooking up with him again <laughs> yeah and and this is where we're at now where i feel like we're past that fairy tale mm. and now i just um, I've taken on what, what really made the difference is that whatever he is doesn't doesn't say anything about me. Like it, it just made a really big difference to relate to this person as I'm just learning about him. Yeah. Because we tend to look at someone and and think about them through our checklist and through what they're doing for us. 
And so that's, that's when we start getting triggered a lot, you know, because yeah. they're saying something about us, not something about them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last piece I'll say, uh-huh. because I want to bring it back to you. This is actually what I wanted to say in the first place, which is, you know, now, now I'm in these situations with him where suddenly my, my thoughts will go off mm-hmm. and I'll be like, Oh my God, he said this. Oh my God. Will he judge me for that? Oh my God. Do I like what he just did? What am I feeling? Mm-hmm. And then I go back to my body and I'm like, Hey body, how do you feel? <laughs> and my body's chilling. My body's having a great time. It's feeling super comfortable. And, and so I just, I just wow. realized that this is all my ego trying to protect me. And that yeah. if I just go back to my body, my body knows it's my intuition. It's my, it's my inner knowing. Yeah. And I just keep bringing it back to that. And so far, so good. <laughs> so great that you have that connection that you can check in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful because when we're, when we're really thinking from the head, it is coming from that little girl, little boy inside us that wants to do the right thing and mm-hmm. wants to stay safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, what you said, I just want to say that there's this one quote, I think by Ram Das that I'm going to butcher. He says something like, I wish that you get past the romance as fast as possible in your, re- in your relationship so, you, so that you can start your actual relationship. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you just me- mentioned him because I've just been getting into him yeah. As of, you know, the past two weeks and practicing being loving awareness. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that is so, so good. Yeah, it is. And, you know, at first, kind of tough to hear for a romantic like myself. Because that's like the, the juice, you know? Yeah. Like a honeymoon phase. Like, you got to stretch you gotta stretch that thing out as far as possible. What do you mean? <laughs> right. Actually, yeah, let, let's talk about that. How how has that turned out? Because I know you you mentioned a lot how, you know, how... If you're in a group of people, you'll you'll find the prettiest girl there yes. and and you'll fantasize about her. Uh-huh. And so you're yeah, and, and that well. has gotten you in trouble before. So so yeah, let's talk about it. Wow. Yeah, so <laughs> that's great that you bring that up. So, you know, I've I've really obviously, you know, this is one of those things that's like a mountain with no top, but I but I think I have gone the distance when it comes to discovering like all the um, the inner workings of my ego around this whole subject right and and it was about a year ago that i just saw i just saw the whole thing you know i was like wow i have wasted so much of my life trying to get a woman to validate my existence wow and and I use the word waste deliberately, not not like to be dramatic, but but really to emphasize that that wasn't life. You know, it was it's something that's driven. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like almost you were a slave to that pursuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like being it's keeping you from really being free. Yeah, like being trapped. You know, because I um, back to what you were saying that that I shared with you. Like, yeah, I would be in a group of people. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter, like if I knew her or not, or or how it, even how attractive she was, or how attracted I was to her. Like mechanically, like automatically, without even thinking about it, I, I was just peacocking, right? You know, peacocking. Yeah. <laughs> like just trying to trying to make sure I make a, a great impression, and 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 and. and, and 
eventually if there's some re um reciprocation like start to be a little flirty and without even thinking about it like i never even considered myself flirtatious until until women i dated started calling me out on it like you know you flirt with other women i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> and then it's just so <laughs> automatic you know that i'm i'm just being very friendly and, and and playful and it was even more interesting to notice the moments where there weren't any women right i remember in my late teens or early 20s uh, visiting a friend in honduras and and there was this girl that i was really into back there and and when we hung out without her, so we're all like a big group. And she, when she wasn't there and it was just the guys, I would experience this huge sense of boredom, like, mm. but, like pointlessness. Like, what are we yep. doing here? They're like, why didn't I we invite, so to that. why didn't we invite the girls? Let's get the girls here. She, you know? And, and so it was just that deep rooted where I couldn't yeah. even be. I couldn't like sh share space and, and be in the presence of a really great brotherly friend, you know, and get to know each other. It was all like I needed to have a female there so that I can work on validating myself. Mm. Getting that validation that you didn't get from your mom. Or, for, or from anybody because you just don't right. get that. But yeah, and the... But it, yeah, but it's just like bringing you back to what we're seeking in partnership mm -hmm. is to get that validation that we didn't get exactly. from our from parents. Our yeah. But we never get it because we're just, you know. Because it's not their job to give it to you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So then bringing it back to just trying to, to find the, like romanticizing women and trying to find the prettiest girl in the room. Yeah. So whoever would be, would be like the the best catch in my own 30 second assessment like that would be the person that would pay all the attention to right and and hover around her and and oh man th this is my least favorite part but what the heck i'm just outing myself everywhere at this point in my life yeah. <laughs> like oh <laughs> i would i would just be sitting or wherever i am standing what have you and whenever I would do something that in my, uh, that in my opinion is something that is something that could be a little bit admirable about myself, I would out of the corner of my eye, check to see if she saw it. Mm. <laughs> oh, and I can't tell you like how much no, time and energy so normal. went into that, you know, like, right. oh, did she see me this? Oh, did she see me doing that? Like, oh, is she looking? Is she looking? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> That's so funny. But I get you. I mean, one of the reasons why I would not like living in Miami and I loved living in Israel, for example, mm -hmm. is because of the male attention that I would get in Israel mm -hmm. and that I wasn't getting in Miami. Yeah. Like I, I just felt unattractive because I wasn't turning heads. Right. And so that's when I got to look at, okay, why am I relying? Why is my attractiveness? Like my, why is my sense of worthiness and attractive, attractiveness um, relying on men giving me attention? Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a, that unique part of it for for women. I think it's a that, that you all deal with that more. I actually, uh, two days ago, had my very first cat call. <laughs> walking yeah. around Puerto Viejo, I was walking by the beach, and somebody <laughs> this woman sticks like like her whole torso out the window and starts saying whatever she said, and then blowing kisses, right, being obnoxious. I I don't remember what she said because I was so intrigued by the whole thing happening and it being like my first time. She popped my cat call cherry 
that I was just like, oh my God, that was so cool. Did you see that? <laughs> So I could see how I love that, that you embraced it. Yeah, I could see how that would be like something that you get addicted to. Like, wait, why isn't that happening now? <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, what is it? Like, did, did I suddenly become unattractive? Yeah, it, it gets to your head for sure. Oh yeah, and I've had female friends that you know, like they go out with their they're with their best friend, and one and one is like the the seemingly better looking one, and like the other one will have just such a hard time because all the guys will be asking this one to dance. Mm. And then the other one is like hating it because like, right. you know, she's not getting any of the attention. Her friend's getting all the attention. Like, and I feel for that, you know, like it's all this. And now I look at it and it's like all this compensation and, and, and stuff going on. Yeah. Like it goes back to what you were saying about, about how when the fairy tale is over, you, you have to start looking at these things inside you. Right. So am I in, for example, like for me, I realize, you know, if 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 the lack of male attention is now revealing the sense of unworthiness inside me, like that's there. Mm-hmm. It's not like mm-hmm. it wasn't there and now it is. Like right. it's clearly just the the attention from men was just a band-aid. Yes. And so then I took on, okay, let me really look at the sense of unworthiness and why is it there and how can I fill that for myself? Yeah. Because we can't because it, as you know, it like that, that sense of worthiness and self-love doesn't come from external things. It actually just comes from within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you get all these, you know, you get all these realizations from landmark and, and of course it, it, it helps you progress in your relationships and your self-expression. How did plant medicine um, further that for you? Yeah. Um, it definitely took it to a new height, uh, especially most recently. The way plant medicine well, plant medicine takes you to that space where like everything falls off, right? Like all your, your pretenses and all that, like it's just, it just falls off. So you're able to really see it there. And, and just for the purpose of, of the listeners who aren't familiar with it, um, can you tell us a little more about the kind that you did and, and how it really works? Yeah. So it was the, that recent one, it was, it was ayahuasca and the way it works is you it takes you into you know the active ingredient is dmt and it is the same ingredient that your brain releases what has you see dreams at night right except now you're taking i didn't know that actually well there you go um and now so now you're like in the dream state while you're awake right so you're able to see things that you would normally see in your dreams except here right and wow one of the things that person that you referred me to and allowed a um, the Akashic Record Reader taught me is she said that that world is a more real world than the world that we traffic in. She's like, yeah, because right there, your the, the limitations of your senses are uh-huh. fall off, so you're able to see more of the world. So you're actually interacting with a more real world than in your everyday life. So that was really interesting. So it's a little bit about how it works. So I get into a meditative state, and and then. My, my brain and me being in a different dimension um, start to become very perceptive, right? So um, this most recent time, I saw the battle of the battle and like the yearning of, of my ego with this whole thing. Um, I started interacting with this feminine entity, which I think at some point identified itself as the divine feminine. And, 
and and when I read those notes back, it's just like I see like such a pure version of myself. There's just really putting it all on the table, like saying the, the struggles of of this whole seeking of, of validation, right? So what it taught me that time is that's really where I saw it firsthand, where I saw like, wow, my whole life I've been, I've been withholding my love from my mother. I've been keeping her hostage with resentment, right? For not giving me the sense of worth and validation that I wanted as a child. And since then I've gone on to try to find it in other women mm. and, and obviously you don't have a shot at that. Right. And, and creating this fantasy that there's some perfect woman out there that will give me that. Right. Cause there, cause there mm. just has to be. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like in a way, in a way you end up punishing every woman yes. for the love that you didn't get from you. Yeah. Punishing exactly. in, in many ways, like closing your heart is even a form of punishment. Yes. Exactly. So, so I've really taken on like honoring my mother since then and, and like releasing any ounce of resentment that I have towards her. Like my mom can do no wrong at this point, you know, mm. and, and, and that combined with all this time that I spent alone here in, in Costa Rica, which is kind of very new for me. I've never lived by myself and I've been a month and a half now here. It's really given me an opportunity to, to just take a very upfront close look mm. straight in the face of all that. Yeah. What are some aspects of your humanity that you've now made space for? <laughs> um, that, that drive, whenever it comes in, that drive for like, Ooh, there's that woman. Let me go like interact with her and, and whatever, like just catching it. And I'm now able to like slow down a little bit. And see, like, hey, where, where am I coming from? And I got to tell you, mm. it's a, it's an interesting thing to try to discern because sometimes I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> that new for me, so I'm like, all right. So now that I distinguished it, now that I saw it, am I now able to go and talk to, her? <laughs> so, like, from yeah. from no compensation? Mm. And and it's not that simple, you know. It's not like oh, because yeah. I saw it, now I'm free. And like, no, it really takes creating like a whole new place to come from, like almost like energetically or ontologically. I don't mm. even know. I'm new. This is the part that I'm. Yeah. You know what? It, it actually reminds me of um, when I got here to Costa Rica, there was this guy that I was really attracted to, mm -hmm. uh, but I could tell he, he didn't really have good intentions. Like I could tell he just wanted to sleep with me mm -hmm. and I was just so attracted to him. Um, my intuition though was like, don't have anything to do with him. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, that's weird because like I have this really strong attraction to just hook up with him. And at the same time, my intuition is like, no. Mm. And so what I was really able to see is that I got to hang on to my desire and not him. Mm -hmm. And so I got to hang on to the energy because it just made a difference. It like pushing him away didn't mean that I have to push away this energy that I now have access to. Like he represents that energy, but mm. that is fully felt inside of me. And so now I get to feel turn on from that energy yeah. and hold on to it as my own, not having it be something that he's giving me. And, and I just watched my, I just observed what would happen. Like, okay, what if I'm just going to hang on to this energy as, as my own, as desire, as turn on yeah. and let's see what happens. And a day in, or two went by and I stopped being attracted to him mm. because I detached that energy that I was feeling. Yeah. Him. Yeah, that's great. I think that's what it takes at first, especially if you're just starting to, to, to discern these things like, like myself, you know, 
to just slow down and, and give it, yes, some, and give it slow some down. Um, it's, it's so funny, right? Cause now I look back and I see how I was always the person that promoted to people, you know, don't get into a relationship where you're expecting the other person to complete you, right? Cause you got to complete, you got to be whole and complete yourself first and then yeah. get into the relationship. Once you're whole and complete for yourself. <laughs> I, that was the main thing I preached to everybody in relationships. Yet I was the guy that was seeking another woman to complete him. Mm. Right. So I'm just starting to, to to learn and and start to experience like what is it to give myself that? You know, when I experience that drive to slow down and say, well, well, hang on, Caesar. First of all, like I love you. I'm here mm. for you. You know, I'm, I'm here to give you all the love in the world. There's nothing that anybody needs. I'm sorry. There's nothing anybody ha- has to give you or, or that you need that I can't provide you. I'm, I'm here for wow. you. And, yeah. and that starts to kind of settle things down a bit. And, and then from there, I can, I can look again. And, and it's easier said than done. For, the, like, for you to be more authentic, right? For right. you to really come from a place of, of, I want this, it's not coming from a place of, I'm doing this for validation. Right. To come from that place of freedom, not from the place of seeking compensation for my worthlessness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. So powerful. Yeah. Just hearing you talk about that whole concept of you need to be complete but, um, and be with another person that's complete. It reminds me of two things. So recently heard a friend say something like, we experience the trauma in relationship, so we must heal it in relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it 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 doesn't just make sense to like work on ourselves and then show up perfect to the relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think, but I think maybe this new, the new concept we need to be like become friends with is that re- relationship is an opportunity for you to continue feeling whole Mm -hmm. because it's just going to show up all these things that you haven't integrated and you have this beautiful opportunity to integrate it. Yeah. Yeah. I think both are valid. I think the work is done in solitude alone and also in in relationship. Yeah. The work you do in solitude is, is meaningless and worthless. If you're not, if you don't then practice it now in relating with people and or, or with a partner sure that's where you're right. really gonna see put it to the test like let me see like, yeah like evan <laughs> says you can't train a dog while it's behaving exactly exactly you gotta wait for it to bark yes so so for sure i see how you only get to heal those things um in in relationship but it, yeah i think both both are important i think the healing takes mm-hmm. place in both places like you with you are you sitting with you and, and really seeing what's what's the compensation that you've been seeking and and being with whatever sadness is there, allowing yourself to be sad, um, which is something that you've actually inspired me to, to do a lot, and and just letting that flow and then and then giving yourself whatever's missing there, and then also with people, right? Like being mindful and and being able to discern like where am I coming from right now, so. So yeah, I'm practicing once you're there. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. What have you noticed with your friends and yourself and from your years of coaching that is um the general relationship between men and this permission to feel? Yeah. So 
I think I grew up as a typical Miami dude, you know, (laughs) 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 where, where like, if you get, if you're too emotional, you're a pussy, you know? And I saw like tons of it. I, I intentionally was, I, I I used to be abstinent, which I'm, I am again now, by the way, (laughs) but I didn't lose my virginity till 24. Right. And, and yeah, for, for years, so by by the time I got to college, I was so used to it, right? But like for, for years, people would would say would call me would call me names. You know, back then you, you would call somebody gay as a as, as an insult, which mm-hmm. is not nice, right? And and stuff like that, right? Because that's just because men are supposed to hook up. Like if you're not hooking up with girls, then what are you doing? Right. right? Like yeah, it was a it was like a measurement of of a man's masculinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the kicker from the football team. He's uh, after tracting, we were in the track team together and he's looking at this, at this skinny younger girl sitting there waiting for her parents to come pick her up. And he's like, bro, like, look at that girl, bro. Don't you just want to hit that? And I'm like, um, no, not really. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean, bro? Like, and, it, and he was like shocked that I said, like, I, I don't want to hit it. It was like, I must have insulted his mother or something. <laughs> and then he starts making this argument. He's like, he's like, bro, to me. Like the point of life, bro, is hooking up with every fucking girl out there, you know? And like, that was, that, that was his thing. And he was like one of the most popular guys, you know, kicker of the football team. And, and, and I was just remember thinking like how crazy that even some girls that I knew to be girls that have a good hand on their shoulders, you know, and good morals and values, they'd be attracted to him too. And I'm like, somehow that works. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, as far as feelings go, it was kind of similar, right? Where within that same paradigm, uh, like you don't you don't cry, you don't say like very emotional stuff. That that was just not what what you did back then, and maybe even now. But now I guess I've surrounded myself with very different people. My circle's highly evolved and shifted. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like it, it's it's my case too. Yeah. And so, so how does that, how has, how did that show up for you in relationship or, or how do you see that it does show up uh, for men in relationship? Do you think men, I mean, this is, this is a kind of a, it's like so weird. It's weird to ask, but I'm going to ask it. Like, yeah. are men to begin with aware of their feelings? Are they in touch with them? And there's just that level of fear of expressing them. Or do you see that men are not even that aware of what their feelings are? Yeah, in my experience, um, you know, I've gotten to know tons of dudes, a lot of men, and I would say, in my experience, expression is is the bigger problem, right? Like the mm. like the freedom of expression, like being able to say it, say things that you perhaps never even said, or express yourself in a way that you've never expressed yourself, um, meaning vulnerably, right? I think that's a bigger issue, but I do think also not being too in tune with those feelings is is an, an issue as well. Um, where you know all these layers that we talked about, like they, uh, I don't think they're in touch with with them, and it just manifests as just like some some anger, you know, and 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 mm. it manifests then as a as like some attitude and. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I would say about that. Yeah. 
So I, I guess what you're saying is, is just sort of the basis of shadow work, which is when we repress certain emotions and they come out sideways, like they come out to the extreme. Yeah. Um. So when we repress anger, we're and we're not comfortable with expressing that anger, it then comes out in like, you know, a la- lashing out outburst. at someone, outbursts. Yes. Yeah. So that's what you say yeah. is sort of a common thing that you've seen with the men that you've um, talked yeah. to work with. Or just a total like shutdown, like, all right, just give me my space, you know, and, and then waiting for time to pass by, like if time is going to make all the difference, which I don't think it's a very effective method. You know, I mean, there's definitely a lot to be said about, you know, five minutes of cooling off if, <laughs> if you're like uh, at the top of your temper, you know, for sure. But I mean, spending days on, on end, like giving your partner the cold shoulder, I don't think leads very far. You know, um, I think it's just one of the ways that not knowing what to say, how to say it, or what's really even there, that man just kind of want to be alone or maybe even escape in some way, right? Like drink or, uh, or go out somewhere or sports or stuff like that or porn, mm. who knows, you know? Mm, yeah. What has helped you um, feel empowered in your self-expression? My self-expression in any specific, uh, any specific arena, or like in general, or in emotions and relationships. I think I think specifically in talking about your feelings, because I think what stands out to me about you is, um, is that you feel very solid and confident when you share your feelings, and mm-hmm. and it's almost like you're you're very willing to just jump off the plane and skydive sometimes in 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 a very confident <laughs> yeah. way like for example i'll bring a personal example in the spirit of of, of honesty and authenticity yeah. like let's bring up for example when you asked me out you know and, and it's like yeah going back all right to, let's talk about that <laughs> yeah like it, you know and you, and you said it was just like another one of those moments where you you know you sort of create a fairy tale with someone and and you were thinking about the possibility of us dating yeah. And then, um, and then, so mm-hmm. you finally asked me out and I was like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I felt into it and I was like, actually, I don't know. I'm not so aligned with this. And then we hopped on a call and you were like, yeah, let's talk about it. Like what's there. And it's, it just, in yeah. your voice, there was, y- there was no sign of you feeling threatened by communication or in, you know, just, <laughs> you were just all there for yeah. it. So, so Sorry, I'm just not because I, I, I just love that you're telling your listeners how you accepted going on a date with me and then you took it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. This, this is, is great. What it's all about, right? Like, we're, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, um, <laughs> doing what we preach, right? What's the, what's the saying? We're, yeah. Practicing yeah. what we preach. Exactly. We're practicing what we preach. So, so what can you attribute? Uh, you were saying, ha- yeah. Like, of course, I'm sure this took really, um, lots of work, but, but, what could you attribute a few things yeah. to, to that confidence that you have now? Yeah, I think I get your question. Yeah. So what has empowered me in in expressing myself and expressing my emotions, especially in relationship? Honestly, the the first thing that comes up for me to answer that is like I learned the hard way. <laughs> I I did the opposite long enough. You know, I I used to be terrible communicator where i would just give give the girl the memo like hey we're breaking up and uh and, and sure if you want to know why well here's why a b c d e you know <laughs> and at that point she's like what yeah. oh my god if i had known 
all these things happened, I would have done whatever I could to try to mend it. Like, but I just withheld all those things, you know, because I, my whole life, again, from that four-year-old moment, I avoided, I started avoiding confrontation and conflict and rejection. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so those things I would, I would just bottle them up and bottle them up until eventually I'm like, all right, look, I'm leaving. And yeah, here's why, if you really want to know. Yeah, but I'm I know. Except I wouldn't tell them why. Yeah. I have to say, I can't tell you why I'm too overwhelmed. Yeah, I had those too. Yeah. Um, so I so so yeah, I I learned that the opposite is just very unproductive. And and it's taken it's taken just uh intentionality to be willing to say those those hard things and and just put it all on the line, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think courage is, is a big part of it. Like, yeah. um, like really living the yeah. life you, you want and really feeling empowered and creating takes yeah. that courage to just do the hard thing. Yeah. 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 So, so I think it's two things. I think courage is one thing. Robert Kiyosaki said one thing that for me, it made a big difference in business and really in every, in every area, you know, he said, I went to Vietnam, you know, I was a. I was a soldier. I went to war and I saw people die. So people die. So like, what am I, what else am I going to be scared of? Mm. So, so it kind of put fear in perspective for me at that point when I was in my teens, when I was like, wow, yeah. Like, what am I afraid of here? What's going to happen? And, and then I think the second thing is realizing, you know, from a logical perspective that that's actually the, the healthiest thing you can do for your relationship. And that your partner's your partner's really gonna appreciate it, even if they get upset at first. In the long run, they're gonna appreciate it. Mm, yes, you know? I I love when someone I'm close with brings up whatever whatever they feel is is in between, whatever they've been withholding, whatever has been in the way. It's exciting. Because it's there anyway. Yeah, you know? it's, it's it's there. there anyway. we, we're energetic beings. We feel when when we withhold things. Yeah, I love the analogy of the mud in the pool, right? Like you picture your relationship as a as a pristine pool, you know, and the more crystal clear the pool is, the, the more the, the greater of a relationship you could have because there's like nothing in the way. There's no, there's a there's just this space where you can get to create anything. But when you withhold something, an upset or you're know, saying something, it's like there's mud in the pool, mm, right? You start to muddy the yeah. waters, right? Wow. So you could try to swim in the pool and then enjoy it, but like it's muddy, you know? So it's, it's there anyway, even if you're not saying it and your partner is also swimming in the same muddy pool and it's probably driving, they're driving each other crazy, wondering like what the heck happened? You know, I guess we lost it. I guess we fell out of love or or something. Yeah. When it can all just come back to having a conversation. Yeah. 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 So, so that's the two things I think courage and also realizing that, your partner is going to appreciate it. And it's the only productive thing to do if you really care about the relationship. Wow. That's powerful. It's really powerful. What you just said. Yeah. Yeah. I think on my end, experiencing the conversation that we had, um, I just really felt from you, like, like you really cared more about the relationship. Like we're two people and we have a relationship. And the important thing is for us to have yeah. true powerful connection no matter what that looks like yeah that's what i learned from you yeah you know i I mean i love the quote too that says something like you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take 
right? So if there's something there at this point in my life, if I feel that there's something there, then I'm going to explore that, right? So with you, with whoever, like, um, just, just go for it. And, and it, it's, um, it's not life or death. You know what I mean? Like if the person, the person, if, if the person doesn't feel the same way, then, then it's perfect. You know, like it made the sorting process of you finding whatever you want to create in partnership that much faster, right? Mm. Like, cause it's, it's gotta be there for two people. Yeah. <laughs> it can't just be there for, for one person. So. Yeah. And, and to add to that, all these things, all these things that happen in our life are exactly what we're calling for. So that for both of us was an opportunity for both of us to step into who we want to be in relationship. You mm-hmm. wanting to be self-expressed, wanting to not be afraid, you know, to say the thing and face conflict and me just being able to name something, <laughs> you know, just being able yeah. to, to name it and in, in, coming from love because I yeah. love you, you know, and, and I yeah. really care for you. And so it was, you know, mm-hmm. I'm doing this for the sake of like adding more love to our relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what was present when we had that conversation is the, the love we have for each other. Right. Cause that, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I've been you now exploring the subject of love quite deeply, you know, and, and it's, and it's who we are. Yeah. Right. So, so when we're able to come from who we are, from from that love, like there's such a connection there. Yeah. And like you said, it was really cool for me because in this case, I got to, I had the opposite. Right. It used to be that before, if I had, unless I had concrete evidence that the that the girl feels, yeah, uh, interested in me, I wouldn't approach her. With you, I had like the opposite evidence. You know, <laughs> I was like, I'll go for it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> who cares? You know? So, so yeah, it, it's like medicine. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's fuel. It's yeah. addicting to to speak the truth and living your truth. It's so addicting. Mm-hmm. And and I think what I experienced from our conversation and many other times is the sense of like, whoa, we're still alive. Mm-hmm. Like everything is still okay, and actually, yeah. it's even better. Like, oh my god, I want yeah. more of this. Yeah. 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 The um, I, I I've had several relationships now where, where like the foundation of it is being complete with one another and, and coming from love, you know? Yeah. So when you come from there, you just can't screw it up with anybody. It's when you come from attachment to some outcome that you start to perhaps threaten the relationship in some way, you know, had I been attached that like, Oh no, but it has to like she has to say it. So we have to explore this. Yeah, or, having all know, these expectations. Yeah, and then you not meeting patient of mine. Sure, disappoint and or heartbroken or something. But but yeah, I think that's part of the work too. If we were to now include a third and back to your other question is is letting go of your attachments. Right. Right. Um, Warner Earhart says ride the horse in the direction it's going (laughs) (laughs) you know if a girl doesn't like me and i i ask her she says she doesn't like me then that's the direction in which the horse was going Mm. so it really works to ride the horse in that direction not not in the any other direction oh man but we do we do the opposite of that in so many situations yeah i think the horse this way yes exactly and we come up with justifications of oh they're just not ready right now or oh they just need time oh Mm -hmm. like all these things right Mm -hmm. when the evidence is right in front of us 
Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that person's not ready to create and step into what whatever container you're you're creating. You know, right. maybe it's their loss and you think the important it's yours. thing is not to then abandon yourself for that sake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because what I see a lot is that, you know, when once when you're in a relationship with someone who's not that into you, you get to avoid being vulnerable because mm-hmm. you know they're never gonna you know, they're never going to open up, which means now you get to get away with not opening mm-hmm. up either. Now you're, yeah. you're always in defense mode. Yeah, there are a lot of relationships like that. You're right. Yeah, but we always What do you mean as, by abandoning yourself, though? Yeah, th- that's exactly it. Um, putting aside your needs, putting aside your desires, what you what's important to you in a relationship because you're waiting for someone to 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 give that to you. You're waiting for for this moment where that person's going to transform and suddenly provide that for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I get what you mean. So that's totally. what I mean. And I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of relationships where, um, where this one person's hanging on for a really long time and, and they feel, but I'm just so in love with this person. And I just think there's, I think a really big part of love is receiving. Are you really yeah. in love if you're not allowing yourself to receive? Yeah, that's suspect. That's that's suspect. Yeah, because you yeah, get you gotta to be you get away. Feelings. Yeah, you get to get away with not showing up in a relationship if you know that someone else isn't showing up. Yeah, I think it's very healthy to introduce like a healthy dose of suspicion into your your feelings and, and your emotions. You know, when you yeah. feel so in love, so head over heels. I just stop and look. Okay, like the thing. I mean, sometimes that pull is so hard. Like we don't stand a chance, right? Like, and especially if if you're new to starting to to discern these type of things, it's just gonna seem like no. Of course, I'm in love. Like it's like that's it's so clear to me. Like I'm in yeah. love. It's the thing I want the most. It's the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it. And I and I've seen that a lot in myself for sure. And so, and my family members, like, how we're just all of a sudden is that love against the world. Like, all the friends mm-hmm. saying, like, oh no, but, you know, he's not right for you. She's not right for you. Or, like, it's not, I don't see it working. Or he doesn't treat you right. Or, and, and, and this enamorment just right. driving us. Yeah. So, I just got, it really does come back to that quote by Ram Das, which is, I hope you get over the romance. Yes. As soon as, as possible. As possible. Yeah. So you can begin your actual uh. relationship. So good. Wow. I mean, we, we can go on this conversation for hours. Yes. I think we've we packed the listeners with with lots of golden nuggets here. Um, is there any last words you'd like to give? And also, um, what can people contact you for? I know you've been thinking about holding space for men or, you know, you yeah. have your own podcast. So so what can people reach out to you for? Well, for sure, join me on my journey. Um, by listening to the podcast, subscribing to the blog, go to loveisournature.com. You can see the articles there where I, I, love, I like to write. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing more of it too. There's quite a few articles in there already that are pretty insightful. And you can go to loveisournature.com forward slash podcast or just click podcast and just with all the episodes that we've published so far there. And, and yeah, that my podcast is all about lessons from plant medicine and and just these deep lessons of personal growth and and going back to our essence, which is love, from mm. my experience. 
and also me sharing about my own journey back to love, my own journey of healing, which is something I'm very new at. It's, it's very entertaining at times because sometimes I'm like this whole healing thing. It seems like bullshit. Like, what the fuck <laughs> yeah. Like, like, why don't we just go play basketball? You know. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, so you start to you, you get to hear me having some of those inner battles in my podcast. So um, perhaps that provides something to you. People have said it, it does provide value. And as far as uh, contacting me, um, yeah, sh- send me an email and I just talk about whatever, you know, Caesar awesome. at loveisournature.com. I, I don't have like a, like a program or a coaching program or not even planning on one as of yet. What um, you mentioned, holding space for Ben. Yeah, right now with a few friends, we have a weekly call where we where we just chat and it's and yeah, we create a space where like whatever it is that you're dealing with, bring it forward, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like we hold space for you and you get to be vulnerable, you get to express your fears, your doubts, your emotions. Um I but it's not something that is available for sign up, at least as of yet at the moment. Right. It's pretty intimate group. But keep in touch with me and we'll see what we create. I might, I might create something like that down the line uh, in the near future. Right now, this few months, these few months in Costa Rica have been like me exploring this whole new layer or this whole new depth that I hadn't explored in quite a while. Mm-hmm. So, so keep in touch. Beautiful. Thank you so, so much. This is lovely. Really? Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as usual. All righty. Thank you. And yes, please reach out to Caesar because like I said, he's just incredible with getting you back to your heart and getting to the root of things. So yeah. And, and he's always up for a conversation. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of Commitment Phobe. If this episode left an impact on you, please share with friends, family, loved ones, ex-lovers, the people in your life who you think would benefit from listening to these conversations. If you're curious about the kind of work that I do as an intuitive coach, head on over to my website, www.tanaimelgram.com, where you can learn more about what I do with my one-on-one coaching clients, group coaching programs, and you can set up a discovery call with me to see how I can be of support to you. You could also follow me on Instagram on my handle at Tanai Milgram. I'm always posting content about what I'm up to and new insights, new learnings that I'm getting along my journey. And please head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review if you like what you heard. So together we can start changing the conversation we're having about intimacy and commitments. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next week.